Welcome back, listeners, to Sandman Stories Presents, a folklore podcast where I read you to sleep or until the next story. I'm your host, Dustin. Today we are back in the book of Chinese folktales by Mary Hayes Davis and Chao Liang. In the first story, a general is lost in the desert with his army. A bird and an ant have an argument next to the dying general about which is more important to the man. I'm sure he was glad to hear them arguing while he was dying of thirst. And in the second story, three girls are admitted to a school but have to dress up as boys. Their beauty makes the other boys want to copy their names, but their courage and sense of morals set them apart from the rest. Okay, let's begin. The General, the Bird, and the Ant The people of the North Nation were causing the king, Tin Min Wong, much trouble, and one day he ordered his general, Go Su Yan, to declare war on them. The brave general prepared to march north at once. He led an army of 25,000 cavalry, followed by 1,000 infantry. By the time they reached Mao Tulang, the soldiers were very tired, for they had marched ten days. Orders were given that they should rest for three days before proceeding. The weather was very warm, and on the second day there was no more water, not even to drink. The soldiers dug wells in many places, hoping to find water, but each time they were disappointed. A report was then made to the general, Go Suyun, which said, Men and horses are near death for lack of water. Then the general ordered many men to go in different directions within a radius of ten miles to search for water. The following morning, two hundred men were dead, and still no water could be found. Then the general, Go Suyun, said, We must all die here if we do not find water. If it is within one hundred miles, I will find it. He then mounted his favorite war horse and rode until both he and the horse were ready to die with terrible thirst. He tried to feed his horse with green leaves, but he was weak and suffering, and the general lay down for a rest and sleep. He cried in bitterness of spirit. Then he looked up to heaven and said, Has our king done a great wrong? Or have our soldiers done evil? Why should we perish here in a strange land? In the hour that I rest and sleep here, May a spirit show me the path that leads out of this great trouble. It may be that if the North Kingdom is right, we shall die here and not even go to battle. But if we are right, this thing should not be. When we first came here, there was plenty of water. Why did the earth drink up this water and leave us to die? As I sleep, may a spirit show me the meaning of all of this. Then he slept and he saw one of the great wilderness ants, and a bird flew down to eat the ant. But the ant spoke and said, I know that you birds try to eat our family all the time, but it is not right that one creature should eat another. You have the power to overcome any ant and eat it if you wish, but man is in charge of this world. When the hunter comes, you cannot escape his arrow or his net. It is not right that one creature should be against any other creature. Go your way, and I will go my way, so that I may find food for my children. 
I have 150 eggs in my nest now, and I hope everyone will soon hatch. Then my children will depend on me to help them. They will all die if you eat me, their parent. The earth has a lot of grain, wheat, and rice. These are good enough for your food. Then the bird answered, Tell me, what makes you so wise? I am a bird. I am much more handsome than you, and I have a beautiful song. The children of men all like me. It is true, as you say, the hunter does catch my people sometimes. But there are many men who raise birds in their own houses and teach them to sing. Then they take us to the music hall or theater where they get money for our songs. One member of the bird family carries letters for man, and our feathers are used to make feather balls for the children to play with. So you see, birds are very useful. As for the ant, I cannot see how he is very useful for man or for beast. Oh, you are mistaken, said the ant earnestly. Do you see this general here? He needs me to help him now. Do you know why he is lying here? He and his war horse are near death for lack of water. Soon, more than a thousand soldiers will be dead. Then the North Nation will take this general's nation, and his people will no longer have a country. But I will save them. Long ago our people saved a nation. Once there was a war between the East and West nations, and the general He Hua nearly perished for water, even as this general here is doing. But my people always build their homes near water, and he followed their road, and they showed him the way to the water and saved many lives. Then the bird opened his mouth and laughed scornfully. Chick, chick, I do not believe that story. You are speaking falsely. I know of one very evil thing your people have done, which I will tell you about. Men built a great tower on the north mountain once, and soon it fell to the earth again. After a time, they discovered the cause of this trouble. It was not the wind, nor the storm, nor the rain, nor even the earthquake that shook the tower down. It was found that ants had eaten the wood, and this caused it to break and fall. Birds do not make trouble in this world, ants do. But I will give you fair warning, that if you do not do this good thing you boast of, I will eat you at once. The ant answered, You shall yet see that I am able to save this general, his soldiers, and his horses. The ant then went straight to the general's ear and said to him, Do you remember General Hewa, who was lost in the wilderness? If you go to the forest, you will see a black street full of my people. They will lead you to their nest near a great cave spring in the wilderness, which was named Hewa for the general who discovered it. It is only half a mile from here. Then the general, Gosuyan, awoke and said, Strange, but I surely heard an ant and a bird talking together while I slept. Where is my map? I did not know of the cave of Hewa. He found the great cave spring, and he and his horse drank. Then he hurried back to the soldiers, and their lives were saved. The End
Okay, and story number two. Three girls who went to a boys' school. There were 35 scholars in the school at Che Chao, and three were girls. The boys played by themselves, and the three girls played together. One day the teacher said to his mother, I think I shall have the girls dress in boys' clothes next year if they come to school. Why will you do this? asked his mother. Because the boys do not like girls in the school. They will not read or write or play with them. They tease them and laugh at them. I fear the girls must leave the school next year, and they are only nine years old. But we shall see. When the next year came, the mother was willing to do as her son had said. She took some cloth and made boys' clothes for the three girls, which she put on them to see how they would look dressed as boys. When the girls were dressed, they looked at each other and laughed. What will you do with the ear holes, grandmother? they asked. Surely the boys will know we are girls. The mother called her son and asked him, What shall we do with the ear holes? They look like boys now, save for that one thing. I fear the girls will not go to school. I will see, replied her son. He thought a lot for two days. Then he went to find an old doctor next to the village, far enough away, so that no one would know. He asked the doctor, Can you close the ear holes so that girls' ears will be like the boys? Oh, yes, answered the doctor. I can if you will pay me. Then the doctor came and put something in the ear holes and colored it so that it looked like skin, and the grandmother was satisfied to send her girls to the school. But the teacher forgot and called them girls' names. The others laughed at the three boys with funny names, but they did not seem to remember them. Five or six months went by, and the boys had not yet learned that the three scholars with the prettiest names were the girls of last year. Then one boy came to the teacher and said, Why do those boys have girls' names? I wish to know. The teacher thought for a moment and said, Lily, Beauty, Moon... That boy was called Lily, I think, because he is so red when he was a little baby. His mother thought he ought to be called Red, but that is not a pretty name for a baby, so they called him Lily. And do you not think that Beauty's name suits him? He is the handsomest boy in the school. I think his mother called him Beauty because he was such a pretty baby. He is as pretty as a girl. I think it is right that he should be called Beauty. Moon's name is suitable for him, too. You know, he is gentle and fair. Did you ever see a more gentle boy in school? I think he was always very gentle and fair, and so his mother gave him that name. All his friends like him, as they do the moon. The boy ran away and told the other pupils what his teacher had said about the three boys with the pretty names. New Year came, and each boy had to write his name on a piece of paper and hand it in to the teacher so that he could give them their school names. Eight gave their names as Beauty, and seventeen as Moon, while all the others wanted to be called Lily. They expected the teacher would allow them to have those as their school names. In the summertime, the scholars had a long vacation, and the teacher went away for a time. One day... They were all in the playground playing theater. They took nine of the prettiest boys and put red and white on their faces and dressed them like ladies, 
and tied up their feet to make them small. Six boys put on false beards. Then they piled up the chairs and tables high to make a mountain, and the boys with bound feet were to cross over to the other side. The boys who had to climb over the mountain from the opposite side were careless, and when all met at the top, they tumbled and fell down in a heap. One boy broke his arm, one broke his finger, and one hurt his eye. The other boys did not stay to help or see what they could do for the others who were hurt. All but the three girls, who were dressed like boys, ran away in fear and left the wounded children lying on the ground. One girl ran for the doctor. The other two stayed and gave the hurt ones water to drink, fanned their faces and kept the flies away, and cared for them like little mothers. In a few minutes the doctor came. He asked, What were you doing, boys? The boys were so hurt and scared that they could not talk, but the girls told how it all happened. The doctor bound up the broken arm and finger and dressed the bruised eye. He was a good doctor and said, These boys must lie still for several days. They cannot get up without my orders. Now who is willing to take care of them? We will help, said the three girls. The teacher came back and the school began again. When he called for the names of the pupils, they gave those which they liked best, Lily, Beauty, and Moon, as before. But the teacher said, No, these names are all wrong. There is only one Lily, one Beauty, and one Moon in this school now. You boys cannot use the names I gave you. You had beautiful names, but your acts were not beautiful. You ran away when your schoolmates were hurt. You had no pity for them. Had it not been for Lily, Beauty, and Moon, they would have died. These names mean something. Beauty makes the world a pleasant place for us to live in. The moon shines and gives us soft light. The lily gives us beauty and sweet-smelling odors. Your acts were not like these names. After this, when boys want to have such names, they must do something to be worthy of them. The End I hope that the names weren't too far off from the originals. I had to re-romanize them because when they were written down a hundred years ago, they didn't make the same sounds as now. I liked how the ant and the bird argued. It's always a fun part of these stories when the animals talk. And also I'm sure the general's name will make sense if you know the reference. I tried to find out who it was, but nothing came up in my searches. So I'll look more, but I couldn't find it. That being said, my Chinese is non-existent. And the second story, I like that the girls showed their worth. I wish it wasn't a big deal that the girls went to school, but that was kind of a different time. I'm a huge proponent of getting everyone in school and working towards their skill sets. And I hope everyone learned a lesson from that second story. Beauty is not just name deep. And the podcast shout-out is to Beyond the Rainbow. CJ, the host, noticed that there was a lack of attention put on crimes involving the LGBTQ community. So CJ decided to cover those stories and bring them into the spotlight. 
And if you like their podcast as much as I do, go and give them a listen and a rating and a review. Podchaser is a great place to do all three. Also, there is a cool website called Galas, G-A-L-A-S, and it's a place where you can make comments, audio comments, written comments, and you post them on the episode, and I can reply back to you with voice messages. I can reply back with written stuff. That's all over on galas.com. I'm not being paid. There's no money in it. It's just a good way for you to communicate with me if you want to leave a note on something. And the listener shout-out is to the port of Spain in Trinidad and Tobago. The island was first a homeland for the Carib people who made their mark on the land. The city was originally a fishing village named Kumukurapo, meaning the place of the silk cotton trees. Then colonization happened, and the Spanish gained a hold of it, changed the name. Then the British got it, and from 58 to 62, it was the capital of the West Indies Federation. In 62, they obtained their independence. So add them to a very long list of countries who celebrate Independence Day from the British. And to my listener in Port of Spain, I say thank you and good night.